Orale. Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. I am your host, Jorge Martin, and we're on YouTube, Familia. Please give us a like and subscribe on the Familia FFP page. And actually, we got our guest today has been uh, behind the scenes. He's been a big, big proponent of Familia FFB and gave me some great advice on going on, on YouTube and everything. Uh, but first off, hey, you know what? We're part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. Hey, you know what? I, we are just a proud member of them. When you go to fantasypoints.com, you get, I, I'm telling you, you just get everything. You, you get, oh my goodness, familia. We're, on June 24th, they've, they will have just started a 32 for 30, 32 days, 32 articles, 32 podcasts. This includes key offseason moves. You got Scott Barrett's strength of schedule. You got Graham Barfield's pace and tendencies. You got data points from new, new additions to the team, Chris Wecht and Brett Wyfield. They are part of the fantasy point data and research team. You got Projected fantasy contributors from Joe Dolan and Jake Tribby, both recent guests on our show. Uh, Dynasty by Lowe's from Wes Huber. You got John Hansen, the fantasy guru himself, with final points. And you got interviews with beat writers, which we're doing here. We are talking to insiders all throughout the fantasy community. Please make sure when you go to fantasypoints.com, put in the promo code family, FAMILIA22. If you want to do it in Spanish, FAMILIA22. We're going to get you 10% off your subscription, Familia. Oh, my goodness. Let's get into our guest. And it's a return guest, Familia. And I, I tell you, it. Uh, oh, his was one of my – his was – he to say that he brought it would actually be doing a disservice. The passion, the intellect, the, 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 the research, the great hot takes – I just knew this guy, this guy, I just, I loved having him. He is mi amigo, Manny Chukuba. He is the host of Back Row Commanders, recently, recently renamed, I wonder why, mm -hmm. and Talking Sports with Manny. Both shows are on YouTube. Both are just fantastic follows. He's a great follow on, on, on Twitter. And uh, God, I mean, his fantasy football analysis is spot on familia. Let's welcome in mi buen amigo, Manny Chukuba. Manny, bienvenidos, mi amigo. Man, appreciate you having me on. Man, you could have had anybody on this show, and you just decided to invite me. So, hey, I appreciate the invite, and I'm ready to talk some football, man. Well, you know what? It's Commanders. Let's start with the name. <laughs> uh, you know, there was a lot of consternation, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of talk. A lot. Some people even wanted to keep Washington football team. I was not one of them. What are your quick thoughts on uh, on the new team? On the new so team? my whole thing when I got the name. You know, the commanders, we were hearing little things here and there that it could be the commanders. And when I got the name, I was upset. I'm like, man, commanders, what kind of name is this? You could have chose any name. But then I had to remember my stance was I really didn't care what the name was as long as they retained the colors. They did retain the colors. They do have some nice looking uniforms. They got some black ones. They got some all white ones, some burgundy ones. So they did some pretty cool things. But, you know, the logo was a little lazy. It's a W. You know, it's like, you know, piece together. Overall, the name is now growing on me. Um, I don't, I'm not upset about the name anymore. It's more of like, you know what, with all the mess that Washington has been through the past two, three years, it's now a new name, a new rebrand, and a new front office, a new coach, a new president. So things are turning around, and I'm getting to like the name just a little bit more. Hopefully, as the years go on, the gear gets better, the branding gets better, the logo gets better. But for right now, it's the commanders, man. Let's take command. Let's get it. 
<laughs> taking command. Well, you know, I was, I think I may have uh, shared with you on Twitter that my choice was war hogs paying, mm -hmm. paying homage to the hogs from the eighties. And, you know, I do like, it does have a commanding presence, you know, commander in chief, you right. know, you're right at the, you're right at the, at the seat of power right there. Mm -hmm. You know, you got the Capitol building, the Washington monument, not far, right. you know, in the, that you, that they always show those mm -hmm. in the distance. So, okay. I, I I'll go with it, but hey, you're right. Warhog goes nice though. I, I would have been okay with Warhawks, man. I would have been okay with Warhawks, but, you know, it is what it is. The thing is, now we're losing that HTTR, Hail to the Redskins. We're losing that, which was our favorite, the mm -hmm. best hashtag, but which we lost when it was Washington football team. So I can't be too upset either. Now it's HTTC. They're you know, they're trying to come up with some things here and there, but you can just never have that hashtag HTTR ever again. It was it was legendary. Mm -hmm. We had a song. We had a song. Hail to the Redskins. So now Hail to the commanders. I don't know. You know, so we'll see what happens. The marching band is back. It is a new day in DC. So we'll see. How about you take out the the just hail to commanders? So that works. That hey, works. Hey, we might just hire me. you for that. <laughs> you don't want me singing, though, right? You don't want me singing. Okay. I'm I, I maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, uh maybe I'll co-host with you on you know on a post-game show or something Let's get like it, that. Man. And, and, uh, but yeah, you don't want me singing unless it's uh unless it's somebody who doesn't have a normally good voice or something. Hey, like if we that. win the Super Bowl, you can sing all you want, man. I would be I would be a-okay with that. I'll be a-okay with that. Well, my hometown Rams that won one last year, so I'm good for a long, long time when it comes to that. And you know, yes, our, our, we both have a shared fandom for the Lakers. So mm -hmm. about yep, a year yep. and a half, I got real spoiled with them, the Dodgers, and the and yep. the Rams. So yep. I'm good. I, I'm good, good times. If it means if it means a return to you know the the great times of the '80s and '90s, uh, you know, it's mean, making you and our buen amigo Robbie Johnson happy. Yes, sir. Yes, I'm sir. Like two of my favorite. Two of my. I was gonna say. I was gonna say the R word. But to my favorite it's, commanders, it's, it's okay to say it every now and again. Every now and again is okay. Every now and again is okay. I mean, and it's going to be hard to get out your system. You know what I'm saying? It's Redskins. I mean, you know, the rivalry between the Redskins and the Cowboys is what makes, you know, America great. You know, make America great again. Get the Redskins back. I mean, is this still a rival? Is a rival still a rival? Redskins, Cowboys. Like, I mean, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. It's just not the same anymore, man. It's just not the same anymore. But hey, can't cry with spoiled milk. All I can do is try to make the best out of the, you know, the rest of the situation, which is new branding, new team, new excitement. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. And you got a new quarterback. Got a new quarterback. What Carson Wentz? I mean, it's it. It hasn't been a good. It hasn't been a good ending in the last two two places that he's been. Obviously, things are tough in Philly, and you got to see up close and personal a couple of rough games. Uh, I think it was even the the opener in 2020 where i mean chase young just about made him a ragdoll uh in one game but it, it's been it 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 went it was pretty good for a while last year I, be, I believe he had like six or seven games in a row where he had two touchdowns but then it, it was just a crash landing at the end it's mm -hmm. uh but he's on a new team i've heard that there's talk and and I've heard this also on the baseball side that you know it's, it's kind of his last chance when he mm -hmm. when a player is backed into a corner, and they have to perform, you know if they really got it in them they perform and now you now you got Wentz there are some things to like about him uh, when it gets ugly it's, it 
what is yeah. first off what's the general feeling about about the acquisition both uh, with you and with uh the, what you know with your followers and also kind of like the projected outlook for him what, what where do you think he's going to mm -hmm. be good for, for the team so for me i was excited about the signing just because it's washington we never have good quarterback play we never have consistent quarterback play we've been searching for the quarterback we can't draft quarterbacks and when we draft quarterbacks they either get hurt or we let them go <coughs> kirk cousins so when you look at Carson Wentz, right, and you look at what Taylor Heineke did last year, Carson Wentz gives you that elevated play, big arm talent, right? This guy can tear it up. He, he puts up yards, but he's never really had a true number one wide receiver. What? The best he's ever had was what, Alshon Jeffrey? I can't think of another better wide receiver that he's ever played with, okay? If you look at Carson Wentz numbers through history, history tells us that He's a seven interception or less every single year. Out of the six years that he's played, he's had seven or less interceptions, four out of the six years, right? He's only had two bad seasons, which is his rookie season when he had 14 picks and then his uh, 2020 season when he had 15 picks. Outside of that, it's been seven picks every single year, seven, 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 seven. So what does that tell me? He's taking care of the ball. What does that tell me? He's going to give you elevated play. Already, he comes in better than Taylor Heineke automatically. Just off of taking care of the ball. Everybody says, oh, he played bad with the Colts last year. And I'm like, 3,500 yards? Okay. 27 passing touchdowns? Okay. Seven interceptions? Oh, because he made a few silly mistakes? You take that same Carson Wentz from last year and you put him on the Washington Commanders team this year, you're talking about 10 wins. Minimum. Guaranteed. He's almost guaranteed 10 wins. We're going to talk about the weapons a little later, but... Him just coming in with his presence, he's a 6'5 quarterback, he's mobile, the arm talent is there. There were some passes that Taylor Heineke was making last year that were ducks. I mean, he was just throwing up passes with his eyes closed, getting people hurt, getting Terry hurt, couldn't hit Dayami Brown down the seam. I mean, you get a guy who can make all the throws, okay? It's just all going to be about his decision-making, crunch time in different parts of the game. I'm not worried about any of that. Like, I tell everybody, if you saw Taylor Heineke last year and you see Carson Wentz last year, it's, I mean, it's kind of like spam versus steak. I mean, what more do you, I mean, what more do you want out of the quarterback position? So, for me, I'm excited about it. Everybody talks about, oh, it's $28, $28 million. How many other quarterbacks are getting paid more than Carson Wentz is not giving you the production that Carson Wentz gives year in and year out? So he's coming to a weak NFC East, right? He's leaving a tough division in the AFC South because you, you got the Titans there, okay? There was a reason why they couldn't get past the Titans. They had a really good defense and the best team in football record-wise last year. So you're coming to a weaker division. The Dallas Cowboys, who lost Amari Cooper and lost several other players, he comes in as a number two quarterback in this weak division. It's a weak division. The division was won by seven games two years ago. Last year, what, the team won six, seven games? I don't even know. It was it was bad. You can't tell me that you can't get an improved uh, quarterback coming in with all these weapons and you can't get at least 10 wins? Come on, man. So that's how I see it. It's a $28 million a year uh, uh, contract this year. Next year, he becomes expendable. Like You don't have to re-sign him if you don't want to. The only guaranteed money is this season. You paid, what, two third-round picks, one third-round pick and turn into a second-round pick? At the end of the day, they were able to trade back this year in the draft, recoup one of those third-round picks, and then next year, you don't know what happened. So essentially, 
you pretty much got Carson Wentz for free. Even if you lose a second-round pick next year, right? Okay, you lost a second-round pick. You can still trade back and recoup some picks. So I love uh, uh, the acquisition. You lost two third-round picks, one conditional that can turn into a second. At the end of the day, to get a starting caliber quarterback of this level, regardless of what he's done the past couple years, this is the best quarterback Washington hasn't had since, I would say, Kirk Cousins. So fans can be mad. They can be happy. Facts are facts. Show me a quarterback that is giving you 3,500 yards passing and 27 touchdowns. No. 27 touchdowns is something that does not come by in Washington. That's why I'm excited. I don't Derek Carr didn't do that. Derek Carr didn't do that with 4,800 touchdowns, 4,800 yards last year. That's what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. it's like people got to get excited. Look what he did. Okay, 27 touchdowns with the likes of who was he passing to? When you look at the Colts, who yeah, was Michael he really Pittman passing and to? a bunch of guys. <laughs> exactly. So now you have up. You have a guy that's better than Michael Pittman. You have a supporting cast that's better than the other guys that he was playing with. You have tight ends. You have all these different things. Play call. You have the running game. You have the defense. It could be a really exciting season for Washington. But if he fails, you get out the contract and you lost nothing. It's a low-risk, high-reward type thing. And who knows? If he balls out of control, you got to bring him back and you make him. Look, if you saw when the Titans went and got Ryan Tannehill, Mm-hmm. Nobody really knew what to expect. Once he came into that situation and started to ball out, oh, Ryan Tannehill needed to change the scenery. Oh, these are all good. These are all starting level type quarterbacks. Sometimes things just don't click. Everybody can't be Tom Brady. Everybody cannot be that next great goat type guy, right? It happens. At the end of the day, you have a starting caliber quarterback, a prototypical type quarterback, 6'5", big, can look over the pocket, can make the throws. He's not a he's not a jack. He's, he's a really good quarterback. But time will tell what kind of season he's going to have. He can either come back and have a bounce back year, and they can re-sign him for another two to three years as that guy to bridge that next guy coming in to take over the reign. So whether it's Sam Howell, whether it's whatever they do in the draft next year, whether they find another guy, at the end of the day, Teams have to realize it's okay to bench quarterbacks. It's okay to swap quarterbacks, regardless of where they're drafted. People just say, oh, it's a quarterback. We're going to stick with this guy. Why? How come when a quarterback is playing bad, they, they never get benched, right? But when a running back is, is running and fumbles the ball or does whatever, he gets benched. But quarterback is the only position that, oh, to build their confidence into, nah, y'all deserve to get benched. You deserve to have a quarterback room. You deserve to have somebody who can come in and give a spark. I mean, it is what it is, but I'm excited about the, about the situation. I think the Wentz is going to have a great season. If I had to predict what Carson Wentz can do this season, I'm looking at over 4,000 yards. Yes, we already run an offense, but he had 35 last year, 3,500. He can get 4,000 with the weapons that we have with a wide receiver that's pissed off right now about not getting his money, which we're going to talk about a little later. I mean, everything lines up to where he can have a really good season. And I can see, I don't know if he gets 27 touchdowns this year, but he's done it three times out of his six years in, in, in the league. At least 25, uh, at least 25 touchdowns. The interception numbers might be anywhere between seven to ten, but I don't see more than 10 INTs this year out of Carson Wentz. So uh, just kind of looking, I, I don't, you know, he's in that kind of like 15 to 25 range uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to rankings and everything like that. You know, there's there's a part of me, you know, it's it's the, the beauty of fantasy football is sometimes real life players don't look as bad for fantasy football 
And, yep. and like I said, you know, I, I picked up and started Wentz during that, during that hot mm-hmm. streak where he threw uh, two touchdowns in, in, many, in six, seven games in a row. I look at him as a guy that may be playing the matchups. May, may, he might be a cheap play in DFS. I think he might be uh, a guy that a second quarterback in, in super flex, maybe a guy that you want, uh, you know, maybe second or third quarterback. I'm get, I got him in, in like round 16 of an underdog best ball draft yesterday. Wow. And I had Terry, I already had Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel on the team. And I'm just like, I'll, I'll take, if he blows up and those guys go up, I, I'm okay. And I got him Absolutely. 16 out of 18 rounds. So that, that to me is the thing. I think, I think he's a guy that, that, that could surprise. I like Scott Turner. I think, I think Ron Rivera is a guy and, and is a guy who's he's, he's a good players coach, mm-hmm. but he's not, but like you said, he's not going to, he, he's not going to put up with any, any, any stuff. And right. It's two guys. It's it's a coach and an offensive coordinator who have no ties to him previously. So there's no there there's nothing there's no diapers. <laughs> no, no, right, 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 right. No, 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 yeah. There's no messing around. There's no messing around. But I want to see. I, I want to look at the running backs. I'm mm-hmm. really intrigued by what you think of the running back room because. Yet Antonio Gibson, who had a lot of touches last year uh, in the second half of the season, even though he was battling, I think I believe it was a shin, right, uh, mm-hmm. an injured shin. JD McKissick was out for a chunk of the season. Now he, he it looks like he's gone. And he's back. And I remember last year you were not you 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 didn't you didn't love him. Mm-hmm. And and then you got added Brian Robinson. But before this, I got to give you a shout out. All right. For, uh, I, I I think I may have I think I may have tweeted at you. Week 17 last year, Antonio Gibson is out. Yep, yep. <laughs> I had I had I had Manny in my brain about three, four weeks earlier. Pick up Jarrett Patterson. Pick up Jarrett Patterson. Picked him yep. up. Started him week 17. 20 points. Won my championship. <laughs> yes, Scored sir. a touchdown right off the bat. I, I was like, I had a great so yep. muchas gracias for that. Muchas no gracias problem, for that. Manny, no problem. I, I want to know. Uh I it it seems like with the with with bringing back JD McKissick, with the addition of Ryan Robinson, who a lot of scouts really—I mean, he's a talented player. Uh, how, I mean, what does this say for number one? What they think about Antonio Gibson? And I'm I'm kind of hearing running back timeshare a little bit uh, on this one. I got an interesting take for you. You may like yep. it, you may not like it. Everybody who's listening may or may not like it. This is just how I feel, and I don't care what you. I don't care. I don't care how you feel. Okay, here's what's gonna happen. Antonio Gibson is not a real running back. He is still learning the running back position. He led the NFL in fumbles last year. That's a problem. That's an issue. Ron Rivera, from the beginning of time, said, we're going to go after running back. And everybody's like, oh, whatever. When they brought in Kenneth Walker, who I really wanted in the draft, mm-hmm. when they brought him in for a visit, they thought, oh, it was just fluff. Oh, whatever. You know, it's just, it, nah. They were really looking at running back. And they would have taken him in the second round, but they had a need for a defensive tackle, which we're going to talk about a little later. But here's how I see this whole thing shaking out. I think that Brian Robinson – He's going to be in a 50-50 timeshare this year with Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson has to have the season of his life to stay relevant in Washington. I love Antonio Gibson. I love him. I want want him to succeed. I want him to do well. But I think it's going to be better for Antonio Gibson going forward 
to not carry the ball as much as he carries the ball. He's still learning the position. He's not your bell cow. Okay. We enjoyed it for the first two years just because they didn't have anybody else, right? They can that was capable of carrying a ball 150 times. Okay. So this season, you have a true running back in Brian Robinson Jr., who I love. I am snagging this guy in every single dynasty draft that I can. Sometimes in the rookie drafts, I'm grabbing this guy 205, 206, mm. 207. That's a little that's a bit of a reach. He should be a later, you know, second round pick, early third round pick guy. But at the end of the day, I can see the future and I hope I'm right. If I'm right, you, I see a scenario where when Antonio Gibson is done in two years, because this is the second year going into his third year, you don't pay running backs. You do not pay running backs. That's one of the cardinal rules. You do not pay running backs. Another rule that I have is that you draft a running back every other yes. year. So if you're drafting a running back every other year, the Patriots do it. Damian Harris is gone. Ramondre Stevenson becomes the guy. Pierre Strong becomes the backup. That's just how things go. You do not pay running back. So if I'm expecting for Washington to, for Washington to not pay Antonio Gibson, and even if they do, it's going to be a friendly deal. It's either take this friendly deal, you enjoy in D.C., or go somewhere else, test the market, get, get what you can. Okay? Now, what's going to happen this season is with – J.D. McKissick taking a lot of the third down work, okay? They're still going to use Antonio Gibson in some third down situations. You're going to see Gibson maybe catch more passes than he's had in his entire career, which is good for fantasy. So there's there's a way that everybody can eat. Maybe not J.D. McKissick, but, <laughs> but, but Ron Rivera wants to run the ball. He talks about having that thunder and lightning that he had in Carolina with uh, Williams and I um, can't think of the other guy right now. Oh, uh, Jonathan, yeah, Stewart. John, Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, so he wants to run the ball. I see Brian Robinson as the season goes on as a guy who can take the reins from Antonio Gibson and be that number one back for the team. That doesn't mean that Antonio Gibson is bad. It's not a knock to Antonio Gibson. It's just that you have a, a pure, a real running back that understands how to run the ball as a running back. A guy that you can trust on third and one third and two, to go ahead and get those tough yards. Another area where Antonio Gibson struggled last year, as big as he is, as fast as he is, as strong as he is, there's just certain things that he does not do well as a pure running back. Now, I can be completely wrong. He might run for 1,500 yards next year and say, shut up, Manny, I got this. And that, that is that is possible. But at the end of the day, I do think it's going to be a 50-50 timeshare between those two guys. J.D. McKissick is going to get a lot of passing work. You're going to see J.D. McKissick a lot in the slot as well. But I don't think that the volume – for J.D. McKissick is there, unless somebody gets hurt. So you're looking at an ugly-looking backfield <laughs> this season for Washington. I will not necessarily trust any of these guys this season. Uh, I'm in a draft right now, and Antonio Gibson is looking at me. He's next on the board. I'm not going to draft him. I'm possibly going to draft Terry McLaurin or somebody else, but or even Josh Jacobs, who I love a lot this season. But that's just how I feel about this situation. I think there's going to be a, a timeshare. There's a possibility that both guys get 1,000 yards. There's a possibility that both guys get get 500 yards. So I really I can't really give you a number on what it's going to look like. But one thing that I would say for you guys to expect is a lot of touchdowns. So you can see Antonio Gibson with 700 yards rushing, but 10 to 15 touchdowns. That is possible. He's going to get a lot of goal line carries. You're going to see there's going to be a lot of goal line carries. If you go back through history, just look at Antonio Gibson rookie year. What made Antonio Gibson special? He was scoring touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He wasn't fancy. He wasn't doing anything fantastic. He just got volume, and he scored touchdowns. In year two, 
he scored a touchdown. So he kind of stayed in with within that RB11 to RB15 area that you know that area because of touchdowns. Now, will he score 10 touchdowns this season? We don't know. So it's just one of those mysteries. But one thing that I do know is that the running game as a whole is going to be very, very good. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of regretting right now. I had Brian Robinson on the board for the last pick of a, a of an underdog draft, and I was really, I, I was really contemplating him. But I thought I think I need one more receiver. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm, he's a guy. He's a guy. He's there in the last round. He's there in round 18 of underdog drafts. I think it's it's someone that that's got to that, that's got to be under consideration. Let's go to the wide receivers. I mean, a lot of a lot of talk about Terry McLaurin wants a new contract. I mean, Ron Rivera said it's going to get done. I just drafted him. Just drafted him. <laughs> just drafted him. Real time, familia. Real time. <laughs> in the yeah. fifth round, at the five eleven, so in the startup. That's a wow. That's a that's a. <laughs> That's great value for a wide receiver in a startup, in a dynasty startup, yep. a number one wide receiver. Okay. Carson Wentz, one of the things that he does do well is throw the deep ball. And Terry McLaurin, from his very first touchdown in the NFL, showed himself to be a deep threat. Yep. Can this be a happy marriage with a guy who's going to be, who could just be, a, you know, over a thousand to twelve hundred yards, and maybe not high in in reception reception numbers, but just big big numbers, and maybe seven to ten touchdowns. Could we be looking at from Terry McLaurin in a healthy season? I think you can, and this is why. You look at Terry through history, right? Nine hundred and nineteen yards year year one, eleven hundred yards year two, just over a thousand yards. He just kind of squeaked by with a thousand yards because of that seventeenth game. Um, and every year, he's always had anywhere between 58 to 87 uh, receptions, right? You get the best quarterback he's ever played with in his life, right? Terry gets open. And if you get open, there's a good chance that Carson Wentz is going to hit you with the football, okay? Not only does Terry get open, you've now added Jahan Dotson on the other side. Okay, You have Dayami Brown in year two, right? You have... Um, Cam Sims and all these different wide receivers that are ready to step up because they're tired of being a laughing stock. You have uh, Curtis Samuel. So you say, okay, how is it that Terry's going to have the best year of his life? But you have all these different weapons. If Terry gets 90 receptions, is that not better than 87 career high? Right? If Terry gets 1,200 yards, is that not better than anything he's ever done? If Terry gets eight touchdowns, is that not better than anything he's ever done? So to be safe, you can say, I can see 90 receptions. I can see 1,200 yards. I can see eight touchdowns, okay? Now, I've said that before. I think I said something similar last year, but the quarterback play was just so bad that this guy this guy literally could have had 1,500 yards last year. He was that open. He was that open, but noodle arm Taylor Heineke just couldn't get the ball to him. So now you have better weapons around him. I dare you to double-team Terry. Jahan is going to eat. Ooh. Curtis Samuel is going to eat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, J.D. McKissick is going to eat out the backfield. You have some tight ends that can play, okay? And I even got a sleeper tight end for you that you should be stashing in all your taxi leagues, uh, uh, taxi spots in fantasy. I'm going to give you that when we get to tight ends. But Ooh, I, do tease. <laughs> I do think that Terry has a great, great, great season this year. Um, last year, it, he was just – I mean, I don't know what happened. But it was amazing that the guy had 77 receptions and 1,000 yards. I don't know how he did it. This guy was double-team, triple-team, no quarterback. 
bad quarterback play. There were times like in the ATL game, Taylor Heineke was, you know, under duress. He was running, running around, running around, swiped the guy, threw it up in the air. Matter of fact, Terry was open. If you go back and look at that play, Terry was wide open waiting for the touchdown. This guy throws it late. Terry swipes, side swipes the guy, jumps up, catches the ball, touchdown, okay? I don't know how Terry made that catch, but that's just what Terry McLaurin does. He made some amazing catches last year. You go back to the Chargers game, there's one that, you know, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Fitzpatrick at the time or Taylor Heineke, they threw the ball, and it just ended up in his hand. He's just that good. He gets open, and if he gets open, he's going to get a lot of uh, um, receptions. The year when he was drafted, I said to several different people, I said, I think the two best route runners in this draft is A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin. Everybody mm. laughed. Nobody's laughing now. I'm going to say this about Jahan Dotson, his running mate on the other side. He has the best hands in this draft easily. Now, what does that mean going forward? I don't know. But I tell you this, you can double, triple team Terry if you want to. You got another guy on the, on the other side that runs a, a what a four four two four three. I mean I it's four three and change. Four, yeah, four three four, and change. Three, I mean, four three four. Mega speed, mega speed. You know you have Curtis Samuel, who I don't really give him yes, much respect please. because I haven't seen him, so I haven't seen what he can do. But history tells us that he's a really good wide receiver, so he's still somebody you have to guard if he's healthy. That's all. That that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is if Terry's lined up. On one side, and Jahan is lined up on the other side, and Curtis is in the slot. Pick your poison. All three guys run a what a four three, so <laughs> it's going to be a fun season. And then Antonio Gibson runs a four three, I, I believe. So it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a fun season. Do so, not be surprised if you see a lot of Antonio Gibson split out wide. Ooh, that'll be that'll be caliente, kind of like a four wide receiver set or something like that. I I, I do have some questions. A, a question about Curtis Samuel. I mean, just not healthy all last just from preseason and everything. Yep. Yep. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of, you know, haven't seen a lot of reports, which I'm taking to be no news is good news about him. That uh, I, is he a guy that if you get positive reports on him in uh, training camp, that maybe he's going to go up your draft board a little bit? Yeah, he is bubble wrap right now. Yeah. They're bubble wrapping him. They're not, you know, a lot of times you see him working off on the side. They're just kind of scared because last year this time is when the whole mess started you know mm -hmm. it just lingered and lingered and lingered so mm -hmm. if, i mean what is otas what is mini camps they don't care about that stuff they just want to know do you understand the offense do you know the offense I, I will not be surprised if he doesn't do much in camp but you're going to see him in preseason he might just play one preseason game right right now they're just trying to make sure he's fully fully healthy and understands the offense and, and he understands where he needs to be if he's healthy you got a nice wide receiver three if this team wants to be a passing team, they li they literally can't. They literally can't be a passing team if they wanted to. But I think they want to run the ball some. They want to kind of balance it. If they throw 30 times, they want to run 30 times. If they throw 25 times, they want to run 30 times. I mean, they want to have some kind of balance. But I believe there's enough targets to go around, especially with Logan Thomas yeah, please. being out a while. So, yeah, because he got hurt at December. And um, and I, I would recommend uh, I had I had uh, Dr. Edwin Porras on on the show uh, about a month and a half ago, two months ago. And we talked about late season ACL injuries and he got and he is very much on it's at least nine months. Mm -hmm. Most of the times it's at least 10 to a year before mm -hmm. they're back. And he got hurt in December. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that, you know, there, I, I've seen so much injury optimism. 
uh, lately that I'm just trying, I, it needs to, it needs to calm down because mm-hmm. I think, I think we'll see that. I think we'll see that he's going to be quiet. You know, he's going to be sitting down right. and we know what he is when he's there. He's, he's a top 10 tight end. Who's that sleeper that I, I need to know? Please, please. Before. <laughs> All right. So there's two guys. Okay. The first guy is John Bates. He's not a secret. Everybody knows who John Bates is. And it seems the team loves John Bates. He's a good blocker. He's a capable receiver. Okay. His strength is blocking, but he can catch the ball. And we know that Carson Wentz loves the tight end position. Anywhere he's ever been, go look at the tape. Go look at the numbers. Look at how many times he targets his tight ends. But the guy, here's my sleeper, the guy that I'm most excited about that nobody really knows about is Cole Turner. Cole Turner, fifth-round pick from Nevada. Just check his tape. Check his highlights. This guy right here, he is he's a giant. Okay, he likes to high point the ball so you can throw it anywhere. And he's going to come down with it. Okay, he's going to be a guy that's going to be in some red zone packages as a rookie. People don't know this. You know, Scott Turner is pretty much upset with me right now, dropping some of these <laughs> gems because now teams, if once they watch the show, teams will be looking out for Cole Turner. Like he runs some crispy routes. He's not a fast guy, but he's your prototypical type tight end. Okay, he's big, he's strong, he looks like an NFL tight end. I mean, you throw it up, he's gonna go get it. So that's my super sleeper. He's a guy that I'm getting like you know in the fifth round, last pick, you know, just take it, or I go pick him up right after the draft because nobody's drafting them. Nobody people usually don't grab these tight ends and rookie drafts just because you feel like it's a waste. But in tight end premium leagues, I am grabbing this guy and I'm stashing him in my taxi, especially when you can stash a guy for three years. He's in my taxi. Eventually, I think he's going to be part of this offense in a big way. As Logan Thomas slows down, he will be the guy that, you know, step up. They're, they're, they're very high on Bates. And if you look at Washington as a whole, when it comes to the, to the tight end position, you have Logan Thomas, who's hurt. So he might start the year on the PUB list. We don't know. If he does, it does not sound like they're bringing in a veteran. I think they're going to rock with what they got. So if they're going to rock with what they got, you got year two. John Bates, and you have year one, Cole Turner, and then you have uh, year two in Simmons Reyes, who's more of a blocking tight end, but he had that basketball background as well. So you have a really young tight end group. Everybody's year two or below. And, I mean, there's targets to go around. There's opportunity to go around. So I would say pick up Cole Turner, pick up John Bates. If you got a taxi, stick them both in a taxi. That's what I've done. Because I don't know who's going to be the guy, especially if Logan Thomas is not ready going into the season. And I believe that one of these two guys, one of them is going to pop off. We know that rookies don't really do much. But if you can get Pat Frymouth type rookie season out of your tight end, you're excited about that. You're excited about that. I mean, if you have a tight end that's capable of getting you six to seven touchdowns, you're excited about it because that's how great things start. You know, tight end position is so tough and so hard. It's a position where you really don't know what you're going to get, especially out of the tight end position. It takes them a while. By year three is when you see that, that you know, that uh, like, 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 like a steady climb. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you know, like this year is like more receptions. Next year is more yards. Next year is more touchdowns until they become a full NFL tight end. So I don't know who's going to pop off between John Bates and Cole Turner, but if you got space on your taxi, doesn't hurt. Stick them in there, especially if it's tight end premium. See what happens. But I'm really, really, really excited about uh, Cole Turner with 
Carson Wentz track record of loving big receivers, big tight ends, throwing it up in the air. I'm telling you, just check out the preseason game. It could it could get really exciting. So I wanted to. Uh, I know we got a, a few minutes left. So uh, let's take a quick look at the offensive line. It's rated, it was finished the season rated number six by Pro Football Focus uh, going into the season number fifteen. I hey, I got what, fifteen more minutes. So oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Uh, so looking at looking at these guys, uh, that this this offensive line. I mean, considering how important an offensive line is to Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. is this a group that can keep him clean so that he can do what he needs to do and doesn't have those panic plays that uh, have become so uh, infamous? Mm-hmm. John Matsko, offensive line coach, one of the best in the world. You can he can you can put me on that offensive line. And he would get something out of me. I'm not saying as much. I might just be able to just get one chip block or whatever. But he is the best at taking bargain players. You can go to the Dollar General, get you some players from the Dollar General for peanuts. And he will take those players and make them respectable players. This is what I mean. Cornelius Lucas, when he came from Chicago, he he was a guy that nobody wanted. Came to Washington, made a name for himself, got a second contract, right? Um, Charles Leno. Yes. Charles Leno. Another guy, he was cut because Chicago drafted a younger kid, another guy who's supposed to come in, step up, blah, blah, blah. You cut Charles Leno, he comes here, and he's a top 10, a top 15 left tackle in the league, and a guy that you just picked up from the streets around this time last year. So what I'm saying is somehow, some way, this offensive line always finds a way to be top 10. They always find a way to be top 10, and it's just, I mean, You've lost Brandon Sheriff, right? So you're kind of worried. You've lost Trent Williams. Somehow, some way, these guys continue to produce. We've added Trey Turner. We've added um, Andrew Norwell, Norvell. And these are two guys that have been all pros and pro bowlers. You add them to this group. You have one of the best backup guards, one of the best swing guards in West Schweitzer. This guy can play center. He, he stepped in and played center for us. He was our fourth or fifth string center, and he stepped in and did not miss a beat. So you have a guy that plays all three positions, both guard spots and center. You have uh, a swing tackle in Cornelius Lucas. You have the young kid Samuel Cosme that you drafted in the second round a couple years ago. So this this hey this team they they are excited. They want to hit some people. They want to run the ball. They want to run the ball. They want to create some holes for Gibson and Robinson. But at the same time, I think they have enough to keep uh, uh, Carson Wentz upright. I really do. And I think that this year, even without Brandon Sheriff, this year, I think the interior offensive line is better than it was last year. Why? You're going to get depth. So you get a, so you're going to get your center back. OK, your starting center. Can't think of his name right now. Forgive me. You get your starting center back. And then now you get two guards that are vets that have been pro bowlers to come in. And then you got the best, like I said, the best interior interior swing guy that can play all three positions. If something goes down with injury, I mean, I think this this offensive line position is possibly could be top 10 again this season. Oh, fantastic. Amigo. Fantastic. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Chase Young coming back from uh, torn ACL. It was in November. So doing the 10 month math, it's it's right around opening day. I know the optimism is there, but this is potentially a Hall of Fame caliber player that you're not going to rush back. What? Yeah, let, let's start against against the past. This team injuries just killed killed them. I would. I'm not going to lie. I was targeting them a lot in DFS and any and in all my redraft teams. Whenever they were going, anybody was going up against Washington, I was throwing them. 
is there kind of is there enough there to kind of come back to the middle or is it's or a team's going to be uh, attacking them in the pass early on put it like this warren sap was in camp a few days ago Ooh, that's right warren sap was in camp a few days ago just go listen to the comments that's all i got to say about that he was excited he was like these guys are ready to eat just remember that game hungry hungry hippo yes <laughs> this is what you're going to get out of, the, out of this defensive line they're hungry and they've been disrespected Okay, you have a guy in Deron Payne who they might not resign just because you got to pay Terry, you got to pay these different guys. Deron Payne is on a contract year. What does that mean? He's gonna play for his NFL life. So he's already angry, he's already pissed off that he embarrassed himself by hitting uh, um, Jonathan Allen and that in that whole thing. And Jonathan Allen went through the same thing where it was like, Is Jonathan Allen Allen is he really worthy to be paid? It should should be paid, Jonathan Allen. Who is Jonathan Allen? He's all right. He's not lived up to. What did he do? He was the second best defensive tackle last year, outside of Aaron Donald. You can go look at all the numbers: pass rush, quarterback hits. This guy was a Pro Bowler. He should have been an All Pro. He should have been an All Pro, but because of politics, he wasn't an All Pro. And this was a guy that you just paid, right? So you have Jonathan Allen. He's the leader of this defense. The leader of that of, of of this defensive line, right? Then you have Deron Payne, who was pissed off. He's been disrespected. He's like, I'm Deron Payne, and you're talking about you might not pay me? You guys know who I am? So he's pissed off, right? Then they drafted his potential replacement in Fedarian Mathis from Alabama. He's another ballot boy that they drafted super high in the second round. So that guy had nine sacks in college, so he's excited, right? So that should light a fire up. Up on the uh, uh, pain, whether he stays or not, this season you're gonna get the best season you've ever had out of Durant Payne. Then you go to the other side. You have Montez Sweat, right? Former first round pick. You know, got hurt last year. He was on his way to 10, 11 sacks. He's excited. He's fully healthy. He's ready to go. Then on the other side, you got Chase Young. Okay, like you said, potential Hall of Famer. Another guy who he's been hearing all the chatter. Chase Young doesn't have any moves. He only does the same thing. He's he's working off of his athleticism. Some of that might be true, but at the same time, Chase Young is pissed off. When he comes back and he's fully healthy, he's going to ball out. We remember Bosa. We remember how Bosa got hurt, came mm-hmm. back, and Bosa was still Bosa. So I am not worried about Chase Young. That's the one guy that I'm not worried about. When he's there, his energy is infectious. Whether he's getting you sacks or not, he makes that defense go. Okay, so you have these four guys, four different situations, and mind you, uh, Sweat, his contract is coming up, so it's time to ball out, right? Um, then you have uh, Chase Young in two years, his contract is coming up, so it's like it's go time. These guys want to maximize playing together, and this could be the last year that all four former first rounders are all on the same defensive line, so I think it's going to be special. I hope that it goes so well that. Teams are calling us saying, hey, we got a first-round pick with your name on it for Deron Payne, and we trade him midseason just to kind of recoup some kind of value. Even if, even if it's a second-round pick at the trade deadline, I'm not saying that, that they should do that, but it's like, hey, either you pay him or you trade him, right, or you just use him and you let him go and you get that comp, that, uh, that uh, comp pick, which would possibly be a third-rounder uh, two years from now. So I think this group is hungry. They're pissed off, they're angry, and they've been disrespected. But now it's like we can't predict stats anymore. We can't say, oh, this group is going to go out there and give you 50 sacks. They're, they are done doing the talking. They're now ready to do the walking, from what I hear. 
from what I hear, you know, I saw a enthusiastic Warren Sapp. He was excited. He was like, man, this group is going to be special. So let's see what happens. It's, it's, it's time to stop talking and it's time to start walking. So I'm excited for this defensive line. It's put up or shut up. That's how I see it. I don't care about the former first rounders, blah, blah, blah. It's time to hit some quarterbacks. We're hungry. And when you're hungry, what do you do? You eat. So let's get it. How are the DBs? Uh, is DBs. Okay, the DBs are interesting. Here's how I look at it. You have Kendall Fuller, who had a decent year last year. He was better in the slot, but then he played outside and excelled outside, right? Then you have um, Benjamin St. Juice, a guy they drafted in the third round, and I like him a lot. He's a press man corner, big corner, but guess what? This year I'm hearing rumblings that he's going to play on the inside. So you have Fuller outside where he succeeded. You're going to have Benjamin St. Juice in the slot, and then you have uh, William Jackson the third on the outside. He's more of a press man corner. That Jack DeRio keeps running the zone, which I don't know what Jack DeRio is doing. If he's not talking rubbish, he's just not coaching right. So hopefully he uses these guys to their full potential because if you do, like when you have this hungry defensive line, it's only going to help these corners. The corners are good enough to make plays. The only thing that I worry about about the corners is that what's the depth outside of these top three corners for us? You know, you have a guy in McTire who was there last year, great story in camp, was balling out of control, then got hurt, hurt for the season. So then you have a seventh-round rookie that you drafted. We don't know what he's going to do. So I'm not putting much hope. I'm not putting my hopes and dreams in that seventh-round rookie. But one thing I can say is that Ron Rivera and Cole do know how to find these guys. They found that safety. They found that safety in, in the seventh round. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say his name, but y'all know who I'm talking about. So, uh, you know, it's just what Ron Rivera does. It's just what Ron Rivera does. I think the cornerback uh, group is going to be really, really good this year. Um, they're going to have a lot of tough receivers to, uh, you know, go out there and play against. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Oh, yeah, up and down the – up and even in even up in New York. I mean, you got a couple of a couple of young kids that could be making some noise, and, and Kenny Galladay probably wants to do something. Uh, obviously, C.D. Lamb with the Dallas mm -hmm. Cowboys. You got uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith at Philly. Uh, oh, yeah, it's it's it, it, uh, you got me fired. You, you guys got me so <laughs> fired up for football. I love doing this series because I've just been getting so many so much great insight. Uh, just one last thing, you know, you talked about uh, the pass rush uh, against the against the run. Is this uh, could this still be a pretty formidable group? Yeah, because what Ron Rivera loves to do is they love to attack the quarterback. On the way to the quarterback, you stop the run. So you have these guys going downhill. They're always eating. They're always looking for tackles for loss. And it's a stat that people don't really get to, to really understand or even take note of. But they are big on tackles for loss. They go after the quarterback. And on the way to the quarterback, if a running back just happens to have the ball in their hands, they're hungry. And when you're hungry, you eat. So I think it's going to be a good defensive group. In those leagues where you do get to hold your, you know, DSTs, I do have Washington's DSTs, uh, DST, and I, I'm going to be drafting them with the last pick of every redraft draft uh, because people are going to say, oh, you know, this, you know, this team didn't play well, same Washington, but all right, just leave them for me. I'm going <laughs> to grab them. Where this defense can be special is if, if everything comes together and they're able to generate turnovers, that's where it gets special. And I think with the addition of a good running game, makes a defense better. Why? Because the defense is much rested 
Mm-hmm. And when they're coming out there, they're in attack mode. So they're gonna. It's like a um, appearing thing. Like if if the, if the if the defense is good, the running game is good. That means you're playing with the lead. So I'm hoping that we're playing with the lead a lot in the fourth quarter, because that's when you're gonna see these guys really unleash, getting after the quarterback, trying to create some havoc. If they can create turnovers. I'm telling you, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun time in DC. So I got one fantasy question uh, before we close up shop. And you, uh, what what is your draft strategy? Do you go robust running back? Do you go kind of hero running back, zero running back uh, on a, in a single quarterback league? Kind of what are you going after? You know what I do? I take a shiny quarter. It has to be a shiny quarter. And I go, boop. All right, we're going to do the running back strategy. You know, like each draft is different. <laughs> I kind of go with the flow and kind of see what people are doing. Like I am in a creator's league right now. I don't know if you, if you are in the creator's league. I'm in the creators league in the blue division. And so far, I never get Najee Harris, right? I got Najee Harris at 111. Then I just kind of just kind of let everything kind of swing through. When it swung through, Cooper Cup was looking at me like, what's up? So I grabbed Cooper Cup next. When it went around, came back. You know, I was looking at um uh for example, Devontae Adams staring at me at the three at the 311. Like, so even though I'm trying to win always, I try to get the guys that I know have the potential to be top five at their position. Mm-hmm. Then when it came back, everybody's saying, I don't want to mess with Kamara. I'll take Kamara because when he's healthy, he gets you that 85 receptions type thing. And that's what I'm looking for out of my running backs. I, I get the running backs that, that have that dual threat. So that's kind of my strategy pretty much. If I do go running back, it's the Najee Harris, the Kamaras, the Ecklers, the CMCs of the world. You got to be able to catch the ball for me. If you can't catch the ball, Aaron Jones included. If you can't catch the ball, you can't play on my team. Then I go maybe the superstar wide receivers that have the potential of getting 100 catches or more. Mm-hmm. Then I get the running backs like the Nick Chubbs and the Derrick Henry's and the, the guys that just run are really good, really solid, but they just run. Okay? So I, I kind of have different strategies just kind of based off of the board. Like right now. I picked up Terry McLaurin, right? Where my next pick, I'm on the board right now. It's a super flex. I have no quarterback yet, but I don't care. You know why? Because I can get Carson Wentz on the on the next go around. Nobody wants Wentz right now, right? So I might go Josh Jacobs. He's a guy that I feel is going to have his mm. best season. Contract year, new offense, touchdown potential is up. So I kind of just go with the flow. So my team right now after six rounds will be Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara, and Josh Jacobs as my running backs. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Terry McLaurin. Oh, then, when, then, then on the swing, on the swing, you can give me Mac Jones. I can run with Davis Mills. I can run with because then I look at the settings. The settings is, is four touchdowns. I mean, four points per touchdown. So it was like when all the top guys were gone, what could I do? When all the running quarterbacks were gone, what can I do? So then it's like any quarterback will will just fit in perfectly at this point. I'm not going to overdraft when I can solidify. All of my spots. Then I get my quarterback. Then I get my tight end. That's how I work on my bench. So each strategy is different. I do love running backs, but I, I've come to the point to where I don't trust running backs anymore. They get hurt easily. Um, something can change. It can be a, a committee. Offensive line could be bad. Quarterback play could be bad. So I'm I'm leaning towards more receivers than ever. Getting like the Cooper Cups, the Devontae Adams, the Tyreek Hills, the Stephon Diggs. You get those guys, you get three or four of those guys, and you know what you're getting, right? Everybody said, oh, Stephon Diggs is going to have a bad year this year. Oh, regression. Ah. 
He ended up like, what, wide receiver seven? Are you kidding me? Like, the same Stephon Diggs and nobody wanted, right? They So each year is different. I don't come in with like, oh, I'm going to do this because that's how I've messed up before. I kind of go with the flow. I study everybody. And I'm like, they were in the chat saying, hey, nobody's trading in the blue division. I said, you know what's happening? Yo, you guys are letting gold fall to me. So why should I trade? So everybody got mad. I mean, come on, man. Nachi Harris, <laughs> Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Why should I be trading when you guys are letting all these gems fall? I know it's super flex. I know it's tight end premium. But at the same time, I'm getting the value. So my goal is get the value when you can get the value and get as much of the value when you can get the value. Value always. Love it. Love it, man, amigo. Oh, this, this is awesome. This is awesome. I could talk for you, talk with you for days, but I, I know, I know, I know you got kids to get to, and you got a regular life to get into. So I, I'm gonna put a little ticker below, but please pump everything that you got. All right. So guys, you guys can find me on Talking Sports with Manny, both the podcast and on the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is Talking Sports with Manny. Then you are gonna get the Back Row Commander Show on that YouTube channel. You're also gonna get uh, like on Apple, Spotify. You can find the Back Row Commander Show if you like Washington, or if you want to know about Washington players for fantasy football. I talk fantasy even on the Back Row Commander Show. Um, also follow me on Twitter at Manny Chakuba. I drop lots of gems. I drop straight scenarios. I give tips here and there. I talk basketball. I talk football. I talk fantasy. It's like a buffet when you come to my spot. Grab what you want to eat. Grab you a good drink and do what you do. You don't have to take everything. So don't say I'm not going to come to Manny because he's a Lakers fan. Okay. I do talk about every team. Matter of fact, there was a trade that just went down just a few minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? So uh, just Come mess with me, man. I love to talk sports. That's the whole thing. I will talk sports with anybody, even if I don't like you. At least I'll talk sports with you. Well, but I, I like you. I like, <laughs> I like you, man. You might, you're the guy. You're the guy. You're the guy. Mi, mi amigo. You are mi amigo. Mi, mi compadre. Love it. Love it. Love it. Familia, we're going to close up shop. Hey, you know what? Make sure when you're going to fantasypoints.com, get that 10% off when you put in Familia22. We got you covered on that. Get, the, get your subscription. This is the money time to start get you know to start, to get into get into everything. Oh my God, you get you get so much great stuff. Fantasypoints.com, Familia twenty two. I got you. I got you covered, Familia. Make sure I'm this in NFL Insider Series is caliente. You know what? People are coming back. People like Manny, and it's just been given some straight straight knowledge and just uh, you know giving us that inside look that we don't normally get if that's not our hometown team. Uh, you make sure you're go following me on Twitter at Jorge Martin 17. I'm pushing everything out there. You go at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also go to Familia, uh, Familia FFB. And also don't forget Apple, Google, Spotify. You get, we get go to Familia FFB there. Again, on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. Por favor, we're getting close to 100. We're getting close to 100. And again, I want to I want to give a big thanks to, to Manny for the advice on how to get those YouTube numbers because they have been climbing. They have been climbing. It's because of this series. Muchas gracias, everybody. Remember, todos somos familia. Salud.